back to my podcast, Cheese Man Wine. So I'm really excited about this episode. I get really curious about random stuff and then become obsessed because it seems so fascinating. I'm like very into learning about different cultures and how people were raised differently from me because it's different than I think it's interesting. So as a Mexican, I'm sure people think we're weirdos for believing in ojo or think Vicks cures everything. But we are very mi casa, su casa culture. So we love when people want to participate in our culture, like when people celebrate Cinco de Mayo or Cinco de Drinco for some folk, which learning sesh, Cinco de Mayo is not Mexico's Independence Day. It is the Battle of Puebla. So the French came and were like, oh my God, what a cute country. And the Mexicans were like, try us, bitch. And Mexico won and was like, au revoir. So there's your learning sesh for Cinco de Mayo. But yeah, I get really into learning about things that are very different. So on this episode, I wanted to talk to you about something so crazy. It's cults. Yes. That is so random. Why am I talking cheesement about cults? And no, I'm not in one. I don't think, I mean, I know some would say that a sorority is like a cult, but I'm talking very crazy cult stuff. So a lot of people may argue that any form of religion or faith type following is like a cult, and I'd agree. But when we hear cult, we think of something that breaks social norms. So who knows if we are the weirdos and these cults are the normal ones, maybe. Either way, we will dive into cult, the cult classics. As always, before we start this up, let me sip on this Gorge Line 39. I hope you guys have y'all's wine for this lecture today. So this first cult I learned about was the Rajneeshis. It was a movement that started in India and made its way to Oregon, of literally all places, from the 1970s to 1980s. And I learned about this cult from Jonathan Van Ness in his podcast about a documentary on Netflix called Wild Wild Country. Now, this may not be like factual, but this is all my opinion because I watched it. So these are all my views from what I learned of the documentary. So this movement started in India with this dude named Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh. I'm probably butchering that, but people were like pretty spun about him because he was serious about his religion and gaining a following in India. But then all these hippie white people started coming into India and he was like, oh shit, like people like me a lot. So he has these followers who he trusted, who literally gave him their daughter to like be his assistant. So this little Indian girl named Sheila Patel is like, hey, yeah, I guess I'll do what you want. And she's like smart AF, like she's got her degree in the from the U.S. So he's going to utilize her to get his move, movement running because India started getting heated after Bhagwan started arguing that like India was not ready for socialism and that mainstream religion and Gandhi weren't as good and his teachings So they were like, ew, rude, please leave, bye. So he takes all his followers and buys a ton of land in Antelope, Oregon. And so all these uptight old white people are like, what the heck is happening? They see like tons of hippies at their shops and like, 
in the streets, all wearing burnt orange garments as followers of Bhagwan. And like 100% of these native antelopers are like Republican. So them seeing these hippies looking like they are from India were starting to like hyperventilate. (laughs) They're like, so then they're like very negative and wanted these weirdos out. So they start saying like, ew, they're all dirty and like doing drugs and having orgies, telling like the news and the state about their problem. And now, like, you may think, like, wow, what overdramatic assholes. But the Rajneeshis were definitely doing drugs and having orgies. And, like, they were documenting it. They were actually documenting their orgies and and everything. It was so weird. They show you this. It's so weird. So here comes baby girl Sheila. And she's like, um, no, sir. We're not leaving or complying. So she like riles up all these homeless people from like California and DC and Texas and is like, come here and register to vote and y'all can do whatever the hell you want here. So they do. And they get a Rajneeshi hippie who I think was like, I think a lawyer as an elected official. And so these white folk are so pissed where some of the Rajneeshis, like, were staying in, like, a town, um, like, in a building. Well, it was, like, bombed or, like, shot at. And, yo, baby girl lost her mind. So keep in mind, this dude, Bagwan, has been silent for seven years. Like, he took an oath that he was going to remain silent, and he was. But what I think is that's a lie. He was definitely telling Sheila what to do. Um, behind closed doors and probably way more stuff behind closed doors if you know what I mean so all these native antelopers get poisoned no joke at from like a restaurant or something and clearly like how did that happen but they obviously blame the cold then all of a sudden Sheila orders a shit ton of guns and now these people are at war She tells the news, like, she was very into publicity. She tells the news, you want a war? Well, we'll protect ourselves and have a war. So she was like, not okay. Well, I guess with all that shit, Bagwan gets very close to this hippie doctor dude. And baby girl is jelly. Like, she's not okay. And in her defense, like, if I dedicate my life to you, hold you down, run your business, and please you, like, I'd be hella pissed too. Are you joking me? So she tries to have the doctor killed, which he almost dies. And then she also plots to have this U.S. prosecutor killed, but she flees the country. People are like, Bagwan, why does this shit seem crazy? All of a sudden, this dude is speaking. Like, full-blown, hey, guys. He starts saying Sheila was a bitch. I'm not even joking to you guys. There's a clip of him talking, calling her a bitch on tape. And how she was, like, obsessed with him and he wasn't about her. So the U.S. is like, okay, bro, I don't care if you didn't have anything to do with any of the possible murders, but you need to get the hell out of here or you're going to go to federal prison. And then meanwhile, they find Sheila and her little Australian follower 
and they are extradited to the U.S. to serve time. Bagwan, on the other hand, goes back to India with like a lot of money. I don't, I, I don't know how he got this money, honestly. But he goes back to India with a lot of money, and all of a sudden, India's like, "Oh my God, cute! We missed you, friend." And so, while being in in India for a couple of months, he changes his name to Osho, and then randomly dies. Which is weird. Like, why are you changing your name, first of all? And then you're just, like, going to randomly die? And I say random because I think he killed himself. But back in Oregon, they are like, okay, all y'all burnt orange peeps need to scram. And then, like, all they all do. Or, like, they go back to India and follow Bhagwan, these white hippie people. And so our baby girl, Sheila... She got out of prison and, like, married a Swiss dude who died, like, a little after she married him. And she was apparently married to this other white guy when she was in college in New York, and he died. And she told the Rajneesh mayor in Oregon when that, you know, that whole compound was there, that she injected him with something, which is how he died. Now, that's hardcore Carol Baskin vibes um so baby girl was like crazy and you know she still resides in switzerland you know she like owns like a nursing home which i think is not safe but that's her life and so the rajneesh is still a a thing um they are in india though but chingao guys that was a freaking load let's grab another sip For all the Rajneesh hippies that are now 60 years old housewives or uptight businessmen who had this like wild hippie past. Cheers, guys. Ugh, okay. So this next cult is something close to home as far as location. Okay, not not personally to me, but Netflix released a show called Waco. And I had heard about this shit when I was younger because it happened when I was like a kid but I guess I never like dived into it until recently watching the Netflix show about it and this is about the cult that lived and ended in Waco Texas so apparently it was like a movement that started a long time ago in like the 1930s known as the Davidians and they purchased this compound in Waco called Mount Carmel which is supposed to be some biblical reference because I was like what the heck like why are you naming something Mount Carmel but it's 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 got a biblical meaning then the religion had a new face named David Koresh which was a name he gave himself but he actually found his faith after having an illegal sexual relationship and she became pregnant at 15 years old so, you know, like changing his name kind of sounds like Bagwan dude over there, right? So cute. Now you found God because you're in trouble. Heard that one before. So he's the new Messiah and has 90 something followers and is 33 years old with 13 kids. Now, like, how could he have so many kids so young? Really? Well, 
like every other Christian cult in America, he's got many wives and has sex with the other cult members' wives because the men must stay celibate as he takes the burden of having sex to continue reproducing with the women if it's God's will. How sweet of him to take that burden. But don't worry because he forces himself to not enjoy it because it's a sin, you know? Crazy. But this sounds very familiar to the FLDS leader, Warren Jeffs. And if you haven't heard of that one, I'm going to be educating you guys very soon. So why does this matter? Like, who cares that this guy thinks he's the Messiah, the new Jesus? Well, how this grabbed the ATF and FBI's attention was because they got word of a lot of firearms at the compound, which apparently was a no-go for Texas officials, which is very odd considering in Texas, we love our firearms. So they send some dudes in to surveillance and it happens to be a guy who lived in my hometown. Crazy. So (laughs) he goes in the undercover dude And they are very welcoming, but he can't find anything that leads them to believe they have firearms. And then David gets word about the ATF raid. And so the informant knows David now knows and then tries to have the ATF stop the raid. But they do not listen. And unfortunately, they mess up and are met with like crossfire Several people on both ends are injured or died. And so the ATF blames the guy who tried to stop them. And so the FBI obviously has to intervene because they're like, what the hell? You know, like all these people died. Like this wasn't supposed to happen. So the FBI negotiator tries to get David to have the followers leave and turn himself in. But, of course, because this guy's crazy, David is waiting for his sign from God. So, the FBI is like, hell no, Merca, raw, and go in with freaking gas tanks and block the exits for the majority of the women and children. So, 79 Davidians were killed And of those, 21 were children under 16 years old. Now, I do not condone any of the sexual molestation or manipulation that went on. But I do think that the ATF and FBI, um, you know, think that they didn't do a good job. And so many casualties that could have been alive today um, are not here because of their mistake. So another sip for all of those who died in the Waco, um, you know, massacre, whether it be an FBI or ATF or a Davidian, um, cheers to them. And now, now there are many cults that still exist today in the U.S., like the FLDS and Scientologists, but... I've never encountered a Scientologist and I don't want them stalking me for talking shit, but I have seen a FLDS member who worked at an Albertsons in Utah and I was like so intrigued. I acted like I saw a celebrity, but more I wanted to save her 
And so, like, let me actually let me take another drink before I go into this because I'm gonna get heated. No joke. So, if you've never heard of the FLDS, it's a polygamous Mormon denomination. It's been around for like ever, and these people look like they're the Amish, if you know who they are. They basically look like pilgrims. So, sad thing is they got the nation's nation's attention when multiple young women testified against the leader prophet, Warren Jeffs. He was on the FBI's like 10 most wanted in 2006 because this guy, y'all, was a psychopath pedophile. Not even kidding you when I emphasize that sick shit. Now, let's take a step back. And realize that all these dudes, Bagwan, David, and Warren, are have severe narcissism and have mental issues and literally each think they are like close to God or literal God. But Warren Jeffs, I think, is literally the scum of the earth. Because not only did he marry a 12-year-old, but would have his cousins marry his daughters and he's marrying some of his nieces. Like he's, he's marrying them and he even sexually abused his own daughters. And a lot of people fled and a lot of them were reprimanded or punished if caught trying to leave the religion or the cult. So after the FBI caught him, He was still preaching and giving orders from prison even now. Like right now, he's still giving orders and preaching from prison. He was found guilty of sexual assault of a child and aggravated sexual assault of a child, getting life in prison and his youngest victim being the 12-year-old. While in prison, he had all of the men in the cult abstain from sex and none of them were allowed to marry. Sound familiar? Like David? So a lot of people fled to live a better and normal life where they could like make their own decisions, marry who they want, do whatever they want, um, which took a lot because these people are brainwashed and this is like all they know. They actually had a show on A&E a while back called Escaping Polygamy where some of his daughters or nieces helped people of the FLDS community escape. And so currently, Warren Jeffs is in a Texas prison and still leads the FLDS to this day. So isn't this all nuts, guys? But like in an intriguing way, right? <laughs> like It's very interesting. But like so many things like arranged marriages or not drinking alcohol. Let me actually actually inhale the rest of this line 39. Well, speaking of alcohol. Okay, or not even being allowed to dance is psycho to me, but some people, that's completely norms, and like I'm the psychopath, which I wouldn't argue with because I'm pretty loquita, right, but it's so interesting knowing that there are probably other forms of these cults in the U.S. living, these specific organized lives around a leader to just please that one person, So if you guys got interested in that bit, I suggest you guys watch the documentary Wild Wild Country and the show Waco on Netflix because they are both so, so good. 
I know that was a load, but I hope I educated y'all in cult. Something very useless to pretty much everyone, but definitely interesting. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cheese Man and Wine. Follow the podcast, and I look forward to chatting with you guys soon.